What's up, Conroe? This is Nerd Thug Sports. Ooh. You are listening to us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and Ooh. we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com, and we are, of course, brought to you by Cox ATA. This is Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. What's going on, Conroe? How is everybody? Probably doing good. I don't think they're going to respond, though. <laughs> no, they're definitely going to. Are you oh, not? Okay. Do you not hear that? No. Oh wait, there they are. You okay. didn't. You didn't get the memo. No, the memo. Have you seen the news? Google had to uh, issue an apology because they put a microphone in their digital thermostat, the Nest. That doesn't need a microphone. And it actively records and yeah. uh, allegedly sends back data. They made an error. Whoops. Saying. Whoops. My bad. I actually put a microphone and a transmitter and in a thermostat. My bad. My bad. Uh, you know, simple mistake. Simple adding a microphone. Well, I, I guess it needs a microphone to, to be like. Well, no, because you don't talk to it. Yes, you do. You can give it commands like turn the thermostat down. But I thought you use your phone for all of it. You might. I don't think you talk to the Nest. I've heard I've heard it say that because I've 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 heard of the thing being like, oh yeah, turn it down to sixty eight degrees. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. If you integrate it to like your Siri or something, Who or knows? your Alexa or whatever it is. Whoops, my bad. Well, that was like um, I know like the Echo for a while. People were like, oh, this is pretty bad too. Well, it's literally a live microphone in your house because like if you say, hey Alexa, it knows that you're talking to it, which means it's listening to everything. Which is terrifying. I did see one where they like they like printed like this little cap that like you stick it on top and it like projects white noise into it. And then you can like if you say the name, it's got like another program in it. Like another microphone listening to right, it. Right, yeah. But not directly. You know how, to the you, know how you fix this? You just keep making bigger and bigger predators until eventually there's just a lion in your house standing over the Alexa. Right, yeah. Or what you could do is just accept your fate and just just call it a wiretap and just ask it for recipes. Right. Hey Nest, uh while you're bugging me, can, can you, I get um can you order a Big Mac like for it, delivery? Like if they're going to do that type of thing, like why not just integrate it? Like why not make it part of the thing but then for them to for it to be secret? That's just that's real dumb. That's <laughs> real dumb. Uh, I would say Google the news story, but I don't know if it comes up. <laughs> I, I don't know. The real questions. <laughs> and I don't like to be that guy. I don't like to be fake news guy, but I don't know. Uh, not a good look for them. No, definitely not. Uh, so this is Nerd Thug Sports, where we talk we about technology. <laughs> greatest sports show in all of Conroe, and we led with a Google story. Um, deal with it. That was aggressive. I'm Sorry. We talk about technology on our sports show. It's very important. Okay. So this has actually been a really big week for sports. Uh, first of all, the Astros have reported. They're they're there. They're ready for the next two and a half years. Ah, uh, man. Like, they're they're bunkered down. I think there's even, a, like, a spring training game. Ooh. Um, One of 200. Let me see. I think there's a spring training game this yeah, a couple teams have already started playing spring training. The Astros play Saturday. Ooh, so soon. So spring training starts today. It's actually starting uh, right now, 2.05 p.m. Central Time. 
Seattle at Oakland. Friday, there's a few games, and then Saturday, there's a whole slate of games. It looks like the whole league plays Saturday. That's exciting. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of games. Uh, the Astros are going to be playing at five thirty-five p.m. There you go. That's. Oh, I always thought it was weird that baseball has kind of weird times like that. Yeah. Well, they do the. You know, sports is all the stuff now beforehand. Right. You know, oh, so and so throws on the first pitch. Hooray! And, and Susie from the Girl Scouts sings the national anthem and all sorts of stuff. It's a um, lot. There's there's just always a lot of extra stuff. Um. It's a sport. It's a big thing, except when there's like 300 of them. Yeah, this is, there's 81 home games for the Astros. How many games total? 162. Man, I just can't. It's I don't, a lot of games, right? Yeah, like it almost like makes me feel like I don't know. Like games aren't one individual game's not as important. Right. Well, that's like how do you like you you don't like to lose, but how do you determine like oh this we gotta have this game because there's 162 of them, so right you don't really need to have any one in particular. It's just like a lot of them. That's probably the wrong logic to have, though. Right. Well, I mean, you're supposed to be like every game's important, everything's relevant. But it's like, what is it though? Like right. we there's got like 90 more. <laughs> like you can you can literally be basically 500. Like you could be 84 and 78. And make the playoffs, and and that's they're like, yeah, you did it. Ooh. It's um, the only sport you can go five and five, and they'd be like, yeah, they're doing pretty good. Are they? Uh, also, though, in sporting news this week, ton of big stories. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and the NFL settled. Oh, finally! Only took him literally four years. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Around. We're gonna talk about that. The AAFL uh, brought on a major investor. Ooh, exciting. Uh, and there's some discrepancy about why they did it. Oh, well, okay. That's um, interesting. And uh, the 10-year anniversary of the Tim Donaghy scandal. Uh, Ooh, I like sports stories. I'm going to want to listen about this. That is, uh, we could we, we could start with that. Okay. Um, so 10 years ago, there was an arrest made of an NBA referee. And What's his name, Tim Donaghy? His name was Tim Donaghy. And the allegation against him by the FBI is that he was betting on games. And then making calls to affect them? Um, so here's... He never admitted to fixing games. Okay? Okay. Um, the NBA did an investigation in which they said that all of his calls were technically accurate. So the NBA's position is he didn't fix any games. All right, fair. However, however, the story that ESPN reported in ESPN the magazine this week, they went Okay, so this is how he got caught. He got caught because the FBI's organized crime division caught word that some of the underlings of the mob were crushing this NBA betting cycle, and they couldn't figure out why. And within the underworld, there were rumors that there was a ref in the NBA on the take. So, through a series of warrants, they basically built a bunch of spider webs until they found an NBA referee in somebody's call list, and it was Tim Donaghy. So then they looked into him, and sure enough... He grew up with these two guys who are buddies, and one of them is tied to sports betting, 
and that guy is tied to this guy who's tied to this guy who's tied to that guy. He's a, he's literally a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And then eventually you get to organized crime. That's wild. So the FBI, their interest in it was simply to take away a revenue stream for organized crime. Reasonable. So essentially the FBI wages war against organized crime, and by going after their different revenue streams, they crush their power, and the less money they have, the less power they have, and then it gets harder and harder for the organized crime to operate, and then they can finally arrest everybody because nobody has enough money to fight it. It's Classic like a, power it's like, move. It's like uh, it's like a war of attrition, basically. Um, so the reason it became relevant for all of this is because <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing. So the guy who was connected to Tim Donaghy was making these bets, and he was betting so much money that he was like moving the point spread. Um. Which is a which is a lot, and everyone was like, "That's really dumb." Like, I can't believe he he doesn't know how to how to bet this properly. Um, but basically, the mob caught on, and so there was another guy who was like, "Anywhere this guy bets, he wins about seventy five percent of the time," which is crushing it in sports betting. Fifty three percent is like amazing. And this guy's winning like seventy to seventy five percent, so he has to know something. So the mob didn't even tell him that they knew they just followed his betting so any any anytime he bet on a game the mob bet on a game and the mob basically had like really almost like a money market account a bunch of people had pulled their funds together and so they were betting like a million dollars two million dollars it was like a hedge fund uh where like a bunch of people had pulled their money together to just follow his betting and they were making a killing. Right. Um, and so when Tim Donaghy got arrested, though, the FBI didn't have time to really sweat him on the details uh, about fixing games. He didn't want to admit it, and the FBI was really pushing him to be like, hey. Uh, you got to admit to it. And eventually, they were like, listen, we got him on those stuff that helps us. We're cutting out the revenue stream. We've... we've, we've eliminated their ability to influence the NBA. Let's just move on. Um, however, when the ESPN went through, they talked to like some other people and, uh, essentially there, no one wanted to talk on record, but there was one guy, his old mentor who says, yeah, I went back and watched all the games and I, I absolutely believe he fixed games. Like the calls are technically correct. So the NBA is not going to say he did anything wrong. However, they weren't in the flow of the game, and he was clearly making bets in favor of the spread. Um, as a matter of fact, in the story, it talks to one of the guys who was part of the betting pool, and he says he was having heart attacks watching Tim Donaghy call games because he thought it was so obvious. <laughs> like, he knew that Tim Donaghy had bet one way, and he's watching him just call fouls on the other team's star player, getting them in trouble early, stuff like that. And he's like, oh, my God, we're going to get caught. He needs to relax. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> this needs to stop. <laughs> right. So that's how bad he was at it. Uh, but the NBA to this day still maintains that, that sports betting or that game fixing did not happen. Uh, Tim Donaghy doesn't talk about it anymore. However, he definitely said that there were other refs who were also betting and other refs who were getting involved in stuff. Oh, Lord, that's never a good sign. But the NBA says that's not the case. No. 
Yeah. It's basically the NBA right now. Right. Uh, and the reporter who tried to break the story initially when it all happened, a friend of a friend of the NBA, like, reached out to him and was like, hey, just make sure you have all your facts. Like, make sure you're bulletproof on this because the NBA will come after you if you're wrong about any of this. And he was like, no problem. So the NBA didn't want any of it getting out, obviously. Right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the sports betting in and of itself. Uh, some interesting things from the scandal. And then we're also going to jump into some of these other things. This is Nerd Thug Sports. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. All right, what's up, Conroe? This is Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Um, all right, so we were talking about the Tim Donaghy scandal. It's been the, it's the ten year reunion of the story, uh, and it's a huge story. Um, it's a big one. That's a big one because it's the only time. So there's all these like urban legends about rigging in the NBA. It's probably one of the easiest games to rig. Um, Why do you say that? Because there's it's the refs' calls are so subjective. Like anyone who watches football will tell you there's holding on every play and all of that. But if you ever if you're ever near a field or hear audio from the f- field, you hear the referee warning a player a couple times, telling them that they're doing something illegal, and then they start calling it. Like any time in the NFL, they call a penalty on somebody unless it's an egregious thing that they did wrong. They've been warned on the field a couple of times. You, the refs tell people how they're going to call games. As a matter of fact, they actually meet with them the night before and tell them the things that the NFL is highlighting this week. Like, hey, man, last week there were a lot of helmet-to-helmet hits, so the NFL told us to really watch out for that this week. So make sure you guys are keeping your heads up as you're playing. You know, so there's conversations going on where the refs try and give the players a chance to not do it. In the NBA, the schedule's too tight for that. And so you really get a feel for the game as the as the refs call it. Um, and the refs can really change the outcome of these games um, as evidenced by the Tim Donaghy scandal. I mean, we're talking about eight-point spreads that he would influence. I mean, it's a lot of points. Yeah. Um, but also the NBA has always had to deal with this. There was a long-standing theory. I don't remember how it goes in the beginning but the the conclusion to it is that the uh the lottery balls were frozen so that they knew which envelopes to pull so that they knew to give the Knicks the number one pick so they could draft Patrick Ewing because the NBA wanted New York to be the basketball capital of the world blah 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 never happened but um kind of 
it probably didn't happen. It would be rather spectacular for the NBA to get that involved in it. But the NBA does things sometimes out of... The other leagues don't do things this way where they just make up stuff as they go, usually. Um, but the NBA does. Like, one time, there was going to be a trade for a player, and the player basically said, well, I don't really care because I'm not going to report on the trade. They'll give me a buyout, and I'll just go to a championship team anyway. So I don't really care if they trade me or not. If they trade me, I'll just go win a ring somewhere is basically what he said. So the NBA then told the team involved, it was the Dallas Mavericks, they said, you can't. if you do a trade, it can't involve him. That's just out of the blue in the middle of the season, the NBA just making up a rule because they didn't like the prism through everything that was happening. I don't like it. I'm going to change it. Right. New rule. Boom. The end result of that is Nick Van Exel got like a $18 million contract while he was at home retired. Nice. Um, because uh, the Dallas Mavericks traded... This might be for Jason Kidd. Maybe. I don't recall now. They made a, ra- a rather large trade about seven or eight years ago. And I think it was Jerry Stackhouse who was going to be involved in the trade because his contract was like large enough to cover the salary space. But he was like, well, I'm just going to get bought out and move on to my next spot. Like, I'm just I'm not worried about I'll it. I'll just go somewhere else. It's right. Fine. He's like, I don't, I don't want to play there, so I'm not worried about it. And... <laughs> the NBA was like, you can't say that. <laughs> so they basically banned him from the trade. So the other option for Dallas was they had the rights to Nick Van Exel, who was at home retired already that year. I believe it was Van Exel. And he he basically was just given $16 million or 14 or 18 whatever it was, to cover the salary in the trade. Nice. So, because that was the only other option they had to make the trade work. God, this is like, it's such a deep, complicated. Yeah, the NBA is the okay. The NBA has the most trades every year, mid-season. Uh, subjectively, I mean, for only having a twelve-man active roster and a fifteen-man total roster, every year they have the most trades, right? Right. Um, I feel like trades really don't happen that often in football anyways. They don't. But, like, baseball, they, they happen a lot. And a lot of times it's a player to be named later, which means a couple times in baseball a player has been traded for himself. Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but in the NBA, this is the hardest league to do it because there are so many rules about salary and structure and spacing and things like that. Um but then they also have stuff like that happen where they're like, okay, well, we'll just give this retired guy $16 million and all he has to do is show up for the physical. doesn't matter if he passes it or not. Got him. $16 million. Got him. Let me catch a plane. <laughs> right. I'll be there. Um, but so the NBA... Who was it? $16 million? Yeah, I think I can make it. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So the NBA is just super subjective sometimes, and that helps to lend itself to the image that it can be manipulated. Well, I mean, if you can just make a rule where you can't trade a guy, that seems pretty... Arbitrary, right? Right. And so that's the problem that they've always Well, you can make trades. It's just... I just don't like this guy. You just can't trade him. Well, and then there wasn't a specific rule against... There wasn't a specific rule against players and coaches being traded in packages together. They didn't have to be? They didn't... They could be, is essentially what it was boiling down to. And when Boston... And the Clippers were talking about trading. The Clippers wanted Doc Rivers as a head coach, and he was the coach of Boston. 
Um, at one point, the talk was they were going to trade Doc Rivers, and um, you can trade coaches in basketball. Yes, you can trade. You can actually they do it in the NFL too. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, famously John Gruden is that that trade was like a crazy one. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but like, so the NBA, the converse, you can't. Okay, this is what it is. You can't trade coaches and players together in the same trade. But the Clippers wanted both Paul Pierce and Doc Rivers, a player and a coach. So the NBA was afraid that the trades wouldn't be equitable because they were going to balance together. Like the sum of the two trades would be fair, but each trade itself wouldn't be equitable. So they decided, they told the Clippers that Paul Pierce can't be traded to the Clippers, no matter what. So there's always, there's been, they were like, yeah, this season you can't trade Paul Pierce to the Clippers. And so the Boston, then Boston was like, oh, okay. okay. So, like, the NBA has always been a little subjective. Um, and people have always believed that there probably is point shaving or point fixing going on because the players are so fiscally irresponsible that it wouldn't be hard to believe. Allegedly, Tim Donaghy was fixing the games for only $2,000 in the beginning before he started betting on them themselves. And making bazillions of dollars. Well, he didn't make bazillions. Because, again, this is the other dumb part. Tim Donaghy and his buddy were pulling their money and betting on the game together. But you're talking about like seven or $8,000. But somebody else was watching their bets and then putting a million dollars behind them. Amazing. Right? So, other people were making way more money off of this... The th- and the reason why is because the other guy, the guy making the bets, the buddy of Tim Donaghy, was a compulsive gambler but a massive loser. Ah. And so, like, when he started winning 70% on NBA games, there'd be certain games where he would bet crazy. And the this the, the interesting thing about sports betting is it's tracked like the stock market. These guys know their people. There's analytics involved. Oh, Lord. They don't lose money, okay? The bookmakers don't lose money. They keep track of this stuff. So when you've got a guy who's usually a loser and he bets 200 to 500 on games and loses it, usually he's a he's a loser, okay? He doesn't win. And then all of a sudden he's betting 5,000 and winning 70% of the time. That'll make no dang sense. Right. So you start you start looking into it and then you find out his childhood friends an NBA referee and then you start betting and then you organize more money and start betting more money. And then you organize more money and start betting more money. And then eventually it gets to the mob because you're betting so much money. Um, it was never confirmed, but in the betting community, there was enough cash floating around that they suspect some of the big sharks involved in like the hedge fund style betting may have made as much as $100 million. In a game? No, total. Oh, okay. Um, $100 million on sports betting, though. True, that's literally doing nothing. <laughs> Just watching the game and being really excited while you're watching him play. Um, and the crazy part was, like, th- they weren't connected to him. They were just following his trend. Which I think is the interesting thing. Yeah, because it it's all analyzed. It's all it's all tracked like that. Like, they, they know those things. Um, it's just kind of a weird, it's a weird concept, honestly. The story is fascinating. If you have time, you should read on ESPN magazine, but just, uh, it's just an amazing story because the betting went on according to Tim Donaghy's friends for about four or five years. Tim Donaghy 
went to jail for betting on 40 games in one season. Okay, we're just going to ignore the other four years. They they couldn't. The other three and a half. They were, because all that stuff is back rooms and shady, they couldn't prove it. Fair enough. So they went with what they could prove. Plus, they just wanted to cripple the mob's money. Is really all it was. They just wanted to stop the mob from being able to profit stop from it. it. $100 million. Sports betting. Yeah. Sports betting. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk Manny Machado. We're gonna, we might talk some, some, uh, some, some actual basketball. We're also going to talk some Colin Kaepernick. Basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, but it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a great time in sports. We're coming up on uh, baseball season and all that. I hope everybody's getting ready. Uh, we'll be right back. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to some more nerd thug sports. I didn't know what I wanted to say there. I wanted you were you were real concerned. I was gonna do I was gonna do ball control, but that's inaccurate now. Inaccurate now. Inaccurate now. Uh, Nico, before we get too far into this, on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. How about you tell our friends about Cox ATA? Uh, yes, Cox ATA. They got all kinds of taekwondo. Their leader. In ATA Martial Arts, with two convenient locations in Magnolia and one in Conroe. Ooh. They got all kinds of uh, life skills that they can teach you. Uh, Self-defense, you know, Taekwondo, weapons. They got all kinds of classes from various age ranges from the little the little ones. Even if you're a bit older, there's, you know, you get some, get some health improvements, get some working out going. Yeah. If you mention Nerd Thug Radio, we get two free weeks of training. So you can get the head start without having to pay a dime yet. Uh, and they're just a really great, uh, they're a really great atmosphere. They, they, uh, what do they do? They, they, teach, they teach, teach life skills. They teach life leaders, sk- life they skills. Bu- they build leaders. They build leaders, teach life skills, and leave a legacy. legacy. I was trying to figure out how to get back to the leader part. I was like, I don't remember the leader part. Build, like, build, build. They build leaders. I do like that saying though. I like leaving. I like leave a legacy. I think that's really smart. I think it's good. And then the the nerd ninja is a great guy. We've had him on before. Um. We like him. You should, too. Um, He's a swell guy. He is a swell guy. All right, we're going to do some football right here real quick. All right. Um, And we're doing football. (laughs) So the AAFL. Ah, the new league, the new investor. The new new league got a new investor. Is it it investor in quotes? No, he he is the owner of the NHL Hurricanes. I think it's Carolina. He allegedly made a $250 million investment and is the new chairman of the AAFL. Okay, interesting. Now, if you believe the reporting that was going on, 
the same week that he came on as an investor, they had trouble making payroll for uh, for that week. Trouble making payroll with a new investor. Well, right before he came on. Okay. That's not a good sign. No, because it's week three. Right. That's, it's, that's it's been like a day. <laughs> right. So I, I was looking at some stuff. Uh, essentially, they guarantee the players a $250,000 contract for three years, and they can be waived or cut any time throughout the three years. Uh, and you only get paid for what you play, obviously. Okay. So it's a non-guaranteed $250,000 for, for these first initial contracts for all three years for everybody. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I didn't. I, I was trying to find out how many people are on a roster. I didn't find like a roster set rules. Um, I so just kind of assume I did infinite. Good, I did a quick glance. So what I did was I did two hundred fifty thousand times. There's eight teams, and I did at fifty players, and I think I came up with around thirteen million, if I remember right. So fifty times two hundred fifty thousand times eight. It's twelve and a half million a team. It's a it's it's $100 million for the whole league. Okay. If you brought in ownership groups and owners already, you probably should have brought in $100 million initially. Probably a good idea. Like, each team should have known that they were going to spend at least 12 and a half on players. Yeah, at least. So, at a minimum. So how do you get to the point where at at week three... You might not make payroll. Ah, I think this comes to planning. It's them, I think, really dropping the ball and not being like, oh, yeah, we need to have this money set aside because if we don't pay our players, we're going to look real bad. Can you imagine the news story that would have broke if the AFL, like, someone couldn't cash paycheck? Oh, no. I, I like, I, I want the AFL to be successful because, you know, everybody likes more football. It's a chance for people to, you know... It's like a road back to the NFL for a lot of people. Right. It's just it's a neat concept, but also like if they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're failing and it's week 4." Yeah. That's not a good feeling. Now, you've never worked for anybody uh where your paycheck didn't go through, right? No. Um I have tangentially. When I worked at Splashdown my very first season, um the grounds crew people, who are the guys who do all the trash and they walk around the park all day keeping it clean, mm-hmm. not a fun job because here's some bad news for you. Kids poop in pools. Gross. Right. Um. So, like, their job was cleaning up just a lot of stuff you wouldn't want to deal with. A lot of kitty litter involved in their job. Um. And so the first season, basically the guy who won, they subbed that out, and the guy who had the contract was promising his people a bunch of money, but it wanted to be more money than he could afford to pay them. And, like, week... Like, early June, okay? We still got two full months to go through. Early June, uh, Grant's crew is no longer getting paid. Like, the checks bounced that Friday for them. Oh, Lord. And they can't reach the guy on the phone... It's like Wednesday before anybody hears from him, and he's basically just like, yeah, man, no, there's no more money coming. Like, I'm done. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing left. Uh, Splashdown basically is like, listen, we're going to go to Six Flags. We're going to get this figured out. We're going to get you taken care of. But while we're doing that, we need you to come to work. 
Like, we didn't do this to you. We hate that it's happening to you. We're going to try and find a way to fix it. But technically, this isn't our problem. Please come to work. Um, it's not a good sales pitch. It's not a great sales pitch, uh, but that was basically the only one they're going to get. Um, so, most of them left. Uh, most of them, I mean, I was promised, you know, $12 an hour or whatever. Why would I... Why would I do this if I didn't want my why money? Why would I do yeah, why would I be doing this for free for three weeks or two weeks or whatever it's gonna take? So most of them Am I gonna get back pay? Like there's a lot. It's a lot going on, right? Plus they were seasonal employees don't get overtime in Texas. These guys did. So like for some of these people they were expecting a ton of money, okay? Um a lot of money for a for like a nineteen year old kid working a summer job. Uh, eventually he got set away in, in Splashdown took in Six Flags and Splashdown took care of those kids. But yeah, the checks didn't clear and suddenly like a third of the workforce was, was stayed. That's it. Two thirds were gone. They're not going to hang out if you don't pay them. Right. Um, that's not the strat. That's definitely not the strat. Speaking of getting paid, uh, Colin Kaepernick settled with the NFL. Oh, finally. Six years later, we've resolved this issue. Uh, he signed a non-disclosure. Okay. Makes sense. However, the estimates are the numbers that people are floating are between 60 and 80 million dollars. All right. For I don't I mean uh, for collusion is what he sued for. He basically sued that the NFL conspired to keep him out of the league. Now, I don't believe that there was some email that specifically said... Don't hire Colin Kaepernick. Right. You think it was just like a mutual agreement? Not like, like no, not, not an no, agreement. No, no, it's no, just no, no, like, no, no. Let me be really clear. I believe that his lawyer during Discovery found something that would embarrass the NFL on some level. Where it's... Otherwise, why involve an NDA? Because we already know the circumstances of Colin's position... Right. And Collins' lawsuit, and the NFL's position, and the NFL's defense of the lawsuit. We already know all of that. So an NDA at this point is silly. Or so we think. But I, I believe it could have been something along the lines of uh, a Roger Goodell affair. It could be anywhere along the lines of uh, maybe the league. Maybe they found emails where owners are talking about other owners. Just something that was going to paint the league in a really uncomfortable light. It could have been about the civil rights stuff that the players were getting mad at during the kneeling conversations. It could be emails from the league meeting when they were voting on the money stuff. The Essentially, the owner set aside a $100 million program to fund, to partner with players for player activist situations um, to help to try and ease the tensions here. And it's like, listen, if you guys want to be involved in the community, we'll get involved with you. And hopefully that will make you guys recognize that we care that we want to help money is money right right um so maybe it's emails from that meeting where there's some people who say some things that paint them in really bad light you got to think about it's a bunch of 80 year old millionaires who don't understand why these other people they're paying a lot of money to are bailing uh so like there's just kind of a lot going on right that's a lot um i don't know what it is but i firmly believe that he got money not because of this, because the NFL would never want to settle that lawsuit in a million years. Right. Because if you really think about what they're settling to there, they're saying that, yes, we did keep you out of this league. We told teams not to sign you. 
That's a terrible look for the NFL. Not a good one. Not no, a good one. It's not. So you definitely have to look at that and wonder, like, where did, why would they settle? This is this is something they should want to go 100% the distance with to try and fight this because there's going to be a player later who says, you purposely kept me out of the league. It's going to come up again at some point. Right. Now there's a precedent. Exactly. Um, so that's, how, that's how legals work. That is exactly how legals work. And so, to me, I believe that they encountered some... I think they found something that was just going to be super embarrassing for the league. It might have even been when Trump made his statements and got on to the NFL. It might have been an activist owner getting mad about Trump and in meetings said some anti-Trump stuff. But a large base of the NFL fan base is Trump's base. And so they don't want to make those people upset. I mean, there's a million reasons why they would have settled, but none of there's them are co- collusion. A, none yeah. of them are collusion. Uh, although I do think that the league, without saying it to each other, with a little wink and a nod, they all agreed that nobody would sign him. Interesting. I do think that the league was like, well, we don't want him back. Because he opted out of his last year making $20 million, which most people in his situation would have done because they were expecting to get another starting job somewhere. Backups get starting jobs other places. Makes sense. And, like, not even a whiff. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. We got nothing. Nothing. Now, the AFL did o- offer him a job, and he said that he would come play for them for $20 million. And they proceeded with, we have two. Yeah. Total. Hey, week three, we ain't going to make payroll. We can't pay you $20 million. Um, and, and he said no. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's some people who are like, well, there you go. He could have been a starting quarterback. He didn't want to be. No, no. He wanted to play football. He wanted to play football, but he wanted to play it at a value that it was already set. If 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 I'm in a band in my last gig, I got paid ten thousand dollars. I'm not gonna come play your birthday for fifty bucks next week. Yeah, you're right. I'm sitting at home, and yeah, I could be playing music, but my fee is set now. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start taking hey, odd look, jobs. It's that precedent thing we were just talking exactly. about. Exactly. Once you know your worth, you you know what you're worth. Uh, speaking of worth, when we come back, we're gonna talk. NBA, and we're going to talk Manny Machado getting paid. This is Nerd Thug Sports. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills. We build leaders. We leave a legacy. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Um, So we're going to talk about getting paid here. Okay, that's the theme in this last little segment. What's your worth? Okay, so in baseball, we're talking about collusion. People don't like to say the C word in baseball, but what's been going on is collusion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sort of. So Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were both free agents, and there's also a lot of other free agents who are still out there. Um, I believe 
uh, Dallas Keuchel of the Astros is still a free agent as of right now also. Um, so there's a lot of like top name, but these are big money guys, okay? And basically Major League Baseball... $100 million dudes. These are guys who are going to make a lot of money, most of these guys. Now, Dallas Keuchel is coming off his worst season, but he also is a... Uh, you know, a World Series ace uh, or a World Series starter three years, two years ago. That's pretty good. That's um, not that long ago, too. No, and he's young. He's young enough that this should be a really good contract for him, and it's not. Um, and so, basically, Justin Verlander, also a Houston Astro, he came out and he said that it looks really suspicious how all these people aren't getting signed. All the big... All the like all the veterans and the discount guys, they're getting signed, but all the big money guys are having trouble getting signed. Now keep in mind the Marlins who were allegedly broke, they gave Giancarlo Stanton uh a, I think a twelve year, three hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Oh my gosh. Uh extension in twenty fourteen. So in the four years since then, now granted the Marlins were a small market team and they eventually wound up trading him to the Yankees when they got bad, but when they even even when they were small market team, they traded they they signed him to that extension. They gave him that money. Uh, and right now, there's some people who are like making a, like essentially almost an all star team out of the unsigned players in baseball. I'm talking about Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Dallas Keuchel, and a bunch of others. Um, and so Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander was talking about how that's all like. These guys deserve to get paid. They've earned it. So he's like, what's going on, baseball? Like, what's happening here? And there was, I mean. And their response was, that's a lot of money. <laughs> well, well the, the conversation was almost to the point of, like, are we really going to come into camp with these guys not signed? Like, are these guys really not going to have jobs because they want they want to earn money? Like, this is crazy. Um, and now the ice is starting to thaw. The season's. Starting to crank up. Bryce Harper still is at this point is unsigned. But Manny Machado finally got he finally signed. The San Diego Padres. Name that I do not know and probably for good reason. They're not very good. But ten years, three hundred million dollars. Ten years. Now he's twenty six years old. So at the end of this he'll be thirty six, which in baseball means he'll play for another fifteen years. No, I'm just kidding. In baseball it means he'll play for another five or six years. Also, most importantly, there's a fifth-year option on this deal. So if Manny Machado sits around and sees a bunch of other people getting a bunch of money in he's a couple out. years, he's out. he can opt out and try and get one more big-money contract. Uh, the thing of that is, at that point, he'd be 31. So uh, Depends on how good he plays, though. Uh, it would, so here's the thing. Uh, there's been about eight or nine 10-year, 12-year contracts like this in, the, in, the, in Major League Baseball. And usually the guys who get them are way older, right? Alex Rodriguez was like 32. Albert Pujols was pretty old. Uh, the Detroit Tigers guy, uh, Cabrera, was was older. All these guys were in their 30s when they got a 10-year deal. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are both 26. No, that helps them out, though. It helps them out tremendously because they should be able to play the whole deal and still be contributing successfully at the back end with those five-year options if you know if they really wanted to go somewhere else they can still go get that 10-year deal and be at the same 30 yeah but the thing of it is the clubs are unhappy that they did those 10-year deals then because 
you know, A-Rod, for the bulk of his contract, wasn't good. Um, Albert Pujols, for almost the entirety of that 10-year deal. I think the first two years he was Albert Pujols, and then the last eight years he's just been a guy. Right. Um, and so you don't, you don't these pay. Are, these are guys that should get their $350 million and not just. Yes, because they're going to be earning it through the life of this deal more than likely. On the tail end, they'll be regular players probably. But at the beginning, it's where it's but, relevant. But the first six or seven years are probably going to be the guy they are right now, so it's worth it. Um, Yay. So it's finally starting to happen. Anyway, Manny Machado, baseball contracts are guaranteed. He's getting at least $150 million. That's wild. Uh, but he might he might blink and make it at 300 That's so much money. So much money. It's good money, right? Like, it's good to play. Like, if you could be an athlete at any point in their life or career, it'd be like to be a 25-year-old baseball player right now in baseball would be the best thing ever. Right. If you're good. If you're if you're one of the best. Um, if you're not one of the best, then go play football and be a quarterback or go play basketball and just sit around and you'd be used in nine trades. <laughs> used in nine trades. You may actually just get paid home, just get paid to go home. Who knows? J.R. Smith, no one traded for him at the deadline, so I think he has to come back to Cleveland now at this point. Oh, no. But I don't think they even want him there. He might still be at home. Um, Making money. Just getting paid to hang out at home. And you know what's funny about that? The NBA in their hip- hypocrisy. Remember we talked about how they were very arbitrary in the stuff they say. Uh, the NBA told some people... Um, there were rules about resting players, okay? Uh, I'm just going to ignore those. Yes and no. So the NBA basically got mad at the Spurs one time because it was going to be San Antonio versus Miami on a great Friday night matchup. The NBA was going to be the only thing on TV. They were pumped. Greg Popovich, he don't give an F, okay? Greg Popovich is going to do what's best for the San Antonio Spurs. So you know what he did? He didn't even bring Tim Parker... Uh, uh Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, or Manu Ginobili on the on the trip to Miami. Didn't even take him. Left him at home. Go away. Uh, all of them were nursing some injuries, like sprained ankle. I think Tim Duncan was just thirty six at that point, so he's like just rest. And then Ginobili was having issues, so he was like, "You guys chill. We're still gonna we're gonna go to Miami." But they didn't. They didn't. If you knew that they didn't get on the plane, then it wouldn't have been a big deal, but no one had made an announcement or anything. So when <laughs> it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, Friday afternoon, and the Spurs are doing their early shooting around, and the reporters notice those guys aren't, the big three aren't there. They're like, what happened? And everyone's pumped because it's supposed to be the first matchup between uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh versus San Antonio and their big three. And everyone was excited. And <laughs> the big three isn't even there. The <laughs> big three's not even there. Um, and everyone's like, uh, what's going on? So the league, they, first of all, they find the Spurs. They find Greg Popovich. Oh, uh, lame. He doesn't care. He said, listen, I'll rest my players however I want to rest them. Like, apparently the league is upset with me doing my job. Um, Seems kind of a weird one. So the league then went ahead and made a resting rule. Oh, arresting rule. And I don't remember what the exact how it works, but essentially you can get in trouble for resting a player if a player doesn't play. So the the league started to get mad at the New Orleans Pelicans here because they weren't playing Anthony Davis because they thought they might trade him and they didn't want him to get hurt, okay? 
Um, actually, he was hurt while they were doing the trade talks, so he wasn't playing anyway. And the talk was, when do we bring him back? And the league kept checking to make sure that he was still hurt and not just resting because he's Anthony Davis. He's a big star. Meanwhile, J.R. Smith has literally been home for three months. Carmelo Anthony is technically a rocket, and the league hasn't asked one dime about those guys. Now, Carmelo Anthony later gets traded and blah, 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 but for literally two and a half months, he's on our roster here in Houston. Doing nothing. At home, I think, in New York, and the league didn't ask Not even in the state. No, and not one time did the league go, hey, uh, uh, is Carmelo sick or are you resting him? Um, I yeah. feel like I feel like the 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 NBA has so many good rules and then so many rules that are real dumb and self serving. <laughs> I think the NBA's biggest problem is, and I've told you this uh, before, is that they have to make rules to protect themselves. Right. Um. For example, the draft picks rule, where you can't trade you can't trade your whole future away. You can't trade back to back drafts. So if you trade your first rounder this year, you can't. You trade have it. to make a pick next year. Now, here's where the loophole comes. This is what teams will do. They'll make the pick and then trade the rights to the player, like, during the draft. There you go. Um, but, yeah. It, Calculated. It is. But, yeah, like, they had to make rules to protect themselves from their own ignorance and their own foolishness. Because they'll destroy themselves. Yeah, because teams Makes like, me wonder how bad or good basketball would be if they were just like, none of these rules Do whatever apply. you want. Right. There would be like, some, what if it was like the Wild Wild West? There would be some franchises that would just be dead. The Knicks would be dead for the next 20 years because they would have zero draft picks. Isaiah Thomas would probably still be running that organization <laughs> into the ground. Uh, there would just be – it would just be nonsense, okay? Uh, <laughs> but, like, there would be some teams that were just amazing. There would be t- – like, the Lakers would never have draft picks, but they would always be trading for superstars – and they would just like they would just keep everything right. Like the second they even had picks come in, they're like gone, yeah, gone. They they would trade them for other people to help. Like Kobe Bryant would probably still be playing right now in like his twenty fourth year in the league, but on his team would be like six all stars. <laughs> just be an insane team. Yeah, because they would just they, if if they would let them just spend. Hey, you spend whatever you want to spend. You do whatever you want to do. Teams like the Lakers would. What they would do is they would they would spend until they got to the point where their their whole franchise is old, and then they would just ride it out. So you would see like weird cycles. You would see weird cycles where teams would be great for like a decade and then bad for four years and then good again because like teams like the Lakers and the Spurs could rebuild. Right. But then you'd have like the Knicks who just can't. They can't figure it out. They would win nine games a year. They would win nine games a year, and it was against themselves. <laughs> they would be scrimmages, and then against like the other bad team, the Nets or something. <laughs> like it would just be a mess, uh, or Cleveland or something, Phoenix. Uh, all that being said, uh, this wraps up another edition of Ball of Nerd Thug Sports. I do it every week, at I least once. Oh well, that's all right. Uh, be sure to check out the homepage nerdthugradio.com, which I believe is under construction. So make sure you go to facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio. I'm doing my blogs. I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. I got articles on Sports Map Houston where every week I do a wrestling report. Check that out. Uh, in the meantime, you want to say bye to everybody, Nico? Bye, guys. All right, we're getting out of here. This is Nerd Thug Sports. Nerd Thug Sports.